the Goma Luku Podcast. These are not requests. These are not demands. This is common sense. Human rights reflection in the Paris rulebook is common sense. What's up, podcast? That was a taste of the action that we did last year in December at COP24 in Katowice, Poland. A little bit of context before I let you go into the entire action because there's a lot of good sound bites, and sound bites and quotes in there. But you need to know the context of it in order to be able to follow um, the conversation and what everybody is sharing in that action. And it's, this action was actually organized by the Indigenous People's Caucus and particularly India Logan Riley and her team set it all up. So you'll hear India moderating the action. And an action is actually a UNFCCC sanctioned word for protest. So we organized an action um, in December when we found out that human rights was under attack in the Paris rulebook, and especially, particularly in Article 6. And here's the punchline. The Paris rulebook and Article 6 in particular must respect, promote, and protect the rights of Indigenous peoples and human rights. So a little bit of context on this. And I'll back you up a little bit. So under the Paris Agreement, the parties submit their own national action plans or what they call NDCs on how it's going to attack climate change. And these plans include a number of measures, methods or actions um, that they're going to do, including how they are going to reduce their emissions. And COP25, which is which will happen in a couple of days in Madrid, is going to be the final opportunity for all of us to make sure that the rulebook operationalizes the preamble and delivers on the promise of the Paris Agreement, as Article 6 is the final topic of discussion. All the articles already have already been decided upon, only Article 6 is still open. And why it is important to operationalize the preamble of the Paris Agreement? Because in these people's in these people's rights and human rights are in the preamble. And they need to be operationalized, which means they have to become in the operative, which is in the rulebook. And there are two things that bother that really bother me in Article Six. First, like I said, because it's the final topic of discussion. This is the 11th hour. Once the Paris rulebook is finalized at COP25, these rules will exist for decades. And it is highly unlikely that once they'll reopen the discussion, change or amend elements in the future. When it's closed, it's locked, it's done. So that's why we need to be all in on human rights safeguards and safeguards to make sure that countries are actually significantly reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. Second are carbon markets. So Article 6 sets up a market approach for countries 
to be able to work together in meeting their NDCs, so their national action plans. This includes that, for example, a developed country can buy their way out through buying emission credits, yes, I said it, credits, from a developing country by financing their domestic projects or buying this uh, developing country's surplus emissions reductions. So, you know well as well as I do that this is the most likely scenario that's going to happen. Instead of utilizing this market mechanism that they're trying to do to fight climate change. So what does that mean? So like from the top of my head, um, one horror, one worst case scenario could be that a developed country asks a developing country to finance a project in that particular country. So they'll probably say, hey, it needs to happen fast. So the developing country will pick a, will pick a piece of land under the excuse of, hey, it's to fight climate change, while that piece of land belongs to indigenous peoples that have been nothing but carbon neutral and have been nothing but exemplary for the other communities. So, yeah, so, so that, that's a... That's a worst case scenario. So another one is a project to finance a dam. So because a developing country wants to generate alternative energy, as they want to transition from fossil fuels to alternative energy, they probably think that a dam seems to very good seems to be a very good option, but they don't have any money to develop it or to, to construct it. So a, develop, a developed country swoops in, pays for it, and the dam is being built. So what, it, what a dam does, it, is, it holds off water, and the water supply north of the dam increases and floods huge pieces of land, including the lands of indigenous peoples that live a few miles up the road. So that's also a very likely situation that can, that can happen. So... You think horror scenarios don't happen on indigenous lands and, ter and territories? Just to name a few, uh, Dakota Axis, Belamonte Dam, um, Block Masela, um, Barra Blanco Dam. And these are just the ones that I can come up with in, in, in what, three seconds? So that's what we need to do. And like what I'm trying to say is like safeguards, 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 safeguards. We need strong resilient, robust safeguards. And I cannot emphasize this enough. The good thing is, is that states already agreed to the safeguards that we are proposing. For example, the UN Declaration on Rights and Indigenous Peoples. It covers a large portion of these safeguards, but it has to be operationalized. And by that, I mean, it needs to be reflected in the Paris Rulebook as an overarching safeguard. The, the declaration covers indigenous people's right to participate in decision-making processes so that nothing happens about us without us. It also covers the right to free prior and informed consent over our lands, territories, and resources so that nothing happens about us 
without our consent. Thank you, thank you everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Ladies and gentlemen, we as indigenous people from all the world, we are here to share our feelings. We are here to say thanks for the big victory that we have on our platform. Also, we are here to share our other feelings that for the concept of human rights, we need to be fighting and always clear that we never want to give up for human rights. And now I invite you, everybody, to look at us. My brothers and sisters, they are going to speak from air corner for every region. Now, I share with you, I'm very welcome to be with us.
into the land. When we talk about solutions, we aren't talking about looking at new technologies. We aren't talking about cleaner fuels. We're talking about getting back to our own traditional roots. We are talking about getting back to our own understandings and our own knowledge bases because we know how to take care of the land. We know how to live with the land. Our families and our, our ancestors have been doing it for millennia. So we are here to simply say we have the solutions. It's time for this, the illegitimate states here to listen to us, to recognize us, to acknowledge us, and to acknowledge our right to live in our lands and to live in our homes and to continue to take care of them as we have for hundreds and thousands of years.
we're making such bad decisions with those privileges not only for us but our future also so in hopes from my ancestors and my grandpa and my parents and my siblings this means a lot this rule book and this everything we're doing right now is going to make a huge impact huge impact and I don't know how I'm gonna echo that enough for you all to listen thank you
what I just shared with you then was what I call my pepeha. It's a little bit of my whakapapa, so it's a little bit of my genealogy. It says, my mountain is Aorake, which is the greatest mountain in Te Waipaunamu, the largest mountain, largest mocha in all of New Zealand. It talks about the Waitaki River, which is my river back home as well. As a Ngaitahu Māori woman from New Zealand, I have to say, being in a space like this, it has a particular kind of feeling, you know? Because here we're discussing rule books, we're discussing rights, we're discussing policies, we're discussing all of this kind of technical jargon, which is so inaccessible for many of our people back home. You know, many of our whānau back home in New Zealand, and indeed many other indigenous communities around the world, which we see represented here today, back home, they, you know, maybe don't see climate change in terms of a rule book. They maybe don't see climate change in terms of specific little paragraphs with specific wording and where like a comma placement can absolutely screw your people over. They see it in terms of our mountains and our monga like Auraki, which in 80 years, oh sorry, and if we reach three degrees, that's going to be, I think, 80 more hot days on Aoraki. That means that the top of our mountain, which is currently covered in snow, will be melting. That means we have overflows in our rivers. They see this at this community level, not necessarily at this level that we're speaking about here. And I implore you all, as we're here today, as we're talking about rule books, as we're talking about paragraphs and commas and full stops, I implore you to remember that this is not the whole game. The whole game is our communities back home. It is our maunga, it is our mountains, it is our rivers, it is our awa, it is our people on the ground back home who are already feeling the effects of climate change. And right now, right here, what we have going for us is the opportunity to have our rights recognized in the text. This can't be seen as something that should be up for negotiation. Our rights are not up for negotiation. This should not be a negotiation. These are human rights that we are talking about and they need to be in the text. So today, what you can do, if you want to support indigenous communities, if you want to support people around the world who are feeling the effects of climate change, it is not enough to just be here. It is not enough to just be in this space and to be talking about COP and to be talking about rule books and to be talking about paragraphs. You need to do the work. If you want to be allies for us, we need you to do the work. You need to go to your ministers and you need to tell them right now that we need our rights in the text. Kia ora Hermanos. Buenos días. 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 Buenos
hablando de los bosques, pero nos están matando a los ancestrales, a los que cuidan, a los que protegen y defienden el territorio, porque el territorio es los bosques. Para nosotros el territorio es integral, por eso nos están matando los actores armados en Colombia. En Colombia no existe paz, cuando exista paz es que no se violen los derechos humanos, que no nos maten, que no violen los derechos territoriales, que no maten los ríos, que no asesinen niños. Por eso hoy estamos protestando desde acá de la COP. Que vivan los pueblos indígenas del mundo. change the game of numbers. We want numbers, we got numbers. We have 370 million native peoples living around the world. Only We are only 6% of the world's population. But we guard 80% of the world's remaining biodiversity. You want numbers, you got numbers. Today is December 11th. By this time next week, one indigenous language will be extinct. You want numbers? You got numbers. By this time next week, a baby will be born in Tuvalu. A small island in the Pacific will not be able to be buried in its ancestral lands. We are not fighting for ourselves here. We are fighting for the entire planet. We are fighting for mankind. You want numbers? These are our numbers. We are not here to plead out of sympathy. We are not here to show our dances just for the fun of it. Climate change is serious. Climate change is as serious as a heart attack. We offer things. We've survived since time immemorial. Our traditional knowledge has made us thrive for millennia. Traditional knowledge is something that we can offer. It's something we have lots of things to offer. 
learn from us, work with us. We are here to fight with you. We are here. Climate change not near, it's here. And these peoples are not near, we are here. The only thing that we have is our traditional knowledge. It's a connection to our lands. The only thing that we have in these processes are human rights. The only thing we request from everyone that's here in Katowice is to respect our human rights. Make sure that every single line on human rights in Indian people's traditional knowledge is retained in the language. We need safeguards. Indian peoples need those safeguards to be able to survive, to be able to help you eat us all survive. These are not requests. These are not demands. This is common sense. Human rights reflection in the Paris rule book is common sense. You want numbers? We got numbers. We have a lot of Denise peoples here, representing 370 million, but we're fighting for every single person on the planet. That's why we are here, and that's why human rights needs to be in a parachute book. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed documenting the work. Um, so please subscribe to this podcast and share it. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can drop me a line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And let me know what you think. Have a great day.